Situated at the centre of the Cairngorms National Park, the Five Arms Hotel in Braemar brings together Scottish heritage, craftsmanship and culture with world-class contemporary art. This podcast celebrates the experts, locals and passion behind the hotel's five-year renovation. Welcome to the people of the Five. Hello, I'm Doreen Wood, a former BBC radio presenter, producer and reporter, with Braemar roots stretching back across many centuries. Today we're joined by medical herbalist and forager Natasha Lloyd. Natasha, what exactly is your job here at the Fife? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, it's very difficult. I can define it, but what do people see when they see the word forager? What does that mean? It means that I take people out and I talk to them about their local environment, I talk, then talk to them about the specifics of plants and what their uses and abilities are. And also to be able to connect people to the plants and find some way that they can see them differently, that they're not just a weed in the crack in the pavement anymore. How unique is it to have a forager as part of the hotel team? It's pretty unique. I did actually look it up after I started the role last year and there's one other person that I'm aware of. But no, it's extremely unique. Yeah. So uh, how did you arrive here? Did you apply for the job? How did all that happen? <laughs> I was hitching. I didn't have a car at the time and I was hitching between Braemar and Balata. And at the time the head chef picked me up and I do like to talk. <laughs> and I spoke about my role and what I was doing at that time. And two weeks later, he phoned me and said, would you like to do this as a job? How surprised were you that I was, the Fife was willing to have a forager post? I was really quite surprised. I've never heard of it before. And when I speak to fellow foragers and herbalists, they're like, that's fantastic. So how did you become a forager? So I studied herbal medicine. I did a degree in herbal medicine, which was hard work, but thoroughly enjoyable as well. And through that degree, I failed phytochemistry. And when I failed, I thought, right, I've got to take a year out. I want to do something useful with that year. And there's something termed a brown bottle herbalist. And a brown bottle herbalist is somebody that knows their plants, knows what that does in the human body pharmacologically, but they don't necessarily know what that plant looks like. And I thought, well, I want that connection. I want to be able to know that plant and get to know the plant in its environment, see it through the seasons and understand it a bit more. So I took that year and I went and learned the plants on the Isle of Lewis. And then when I moved to the Cairngorms, I was like a child in a sweet shop. <laughs> There's plants everywhere. I think people would be surprised that foraging is such a scientific skill. Yes, I really like science. I see it as one tool in the box. There are other tools, but I find it comforting. And science is changing all the time. I looked actually a couple of weeks ago, I was teaching phytochemistry to some final year students. And in that, I was updating my knowledge, and I'm learning all the time. So what's the best part of the job here at the Fife? Oh, the ability to connect people to their landscape and their environment is definitely one of the best things. But I also like working with all the other staff in the hotel. I feel part of a team, and we have fun. And what sort of foraging ingredients are actually used by the chefs here at the Fife? They've been using a lot of sorrel, a lot of uh, mushrooms. They've been asking this week for elderberries. In springtime, it will be wild garlic. Would you say that anyone can forage anywhere? Foraging, you have to know what you're doing. It takes time and you have to slow down to understand 
the environment and what's happening with how the plants grow, where they grow. You also have to be able to have botany skills to identify properly, and that takes a long time. You need to make sure that you do not eat anything you do not know what it is. That's really important. With there being more interest in foraging in the last few years, there have been some mistakes. There have been quite a few people hospitalised. It's really important that you're 150% certain of what it is you're eating. If you don't know what it is, take your time, take a nickel sample home, look it up, speak to somebody that knows. When you're learning, make sure you go out with people that know what they're doing. And there's the Association of Foragers, so you can find somebody local to you. And also, when you're foraging, never take more than a third of a patch, because then you're respecting the plant. You have to make sure that plant's looked after. We are custodians of this environment. So what local species are particularly interesting and delightful to discover here? I was driving along a couple of months ago, and I saw this plant. I thought, what is that? I don't know what that is, which gets me excited. I like the learning process. and um, You need 20 lifetimes. <laughs> so I've accepted that I'm not going to learn everything. And I found it was a spignal. And that doesn't grow very many places in the country. And there was a big patch of it. I was really excited. It's on the red list. We can't use it. Otherwise, we would have it in a cocktail. What surprises people when you take them on your walks? What surprises do people come across? I think they get surprised at the plants that they have walked past, not necessarily identified. It's something like nettles. People often go, oh, I didn't realise that it did so many things, that it had a lot of nutrients in it. But also when you talk to people about the mycelial network underneath the fungus and how that talks to the trees, talks in inverted commas, there's a communication going on between the mycelium and the roots of the trees and of the plants. But if a tree is ill, the mycelium will take nutrients from other trees and pass it along. And then if there's like an insect attack, they will give out another signal, which also goes through the mycelial network, which is really fast, actually, they've discovered. Then it will tell the other trees that there's an insect attack in the area. Then they will put out a chemical into their leaves, and that will make the leaves taste differently. And then the insects don't attack anymore. Goodness. Yeah. Also known as the worldwide wood. <laughs> What ingredients can you use that you find on these walks as natural remedies? A lot of them. It depends on what you mean by natural remedies. There's lots for teas and tinctures. Um, tinctures being the extracts of water and alcohol. So say 25% alcohol and then 75% water. Both will extract different things out of the plant. The water soluble and the alcohol soluble. And then that's an easy way to take your medicine. And plants for cooking? Well, food is medicine, so the two are very much linked. There's a, a lot out here that you can use for both. Can you name ingredients? Nettles, dandelion, the wild garlic, sorrel, plantain, elderberries, elderflower obviously. The list is huge. Uh, I mean, we could be here for like 50, 60 plants just in Braemar. And you also do a bit of fermenting with plants. Yes, I enjoy that. So what do you use for fermenting? Traditionally, it's been a starchy vegetable like cabbage, and traditional sauerkraut is cabbage and juniper, which we have here, but that's also on the red list at the moment. We need to wait a few years before that changes. For a wild plant, wild garlic fermented is delicious. 
But of course, with fermenting, you're trying to have an aerobic situation so that you have lactobacterias come in, and that improves gut health. So that's the main purpose, as well as giving you a tasty condiment on your plate. If you wanted to show someone one thing on a walk, what would it be? It would have to be nettles for me. Because people know them and they're almost scared of them, they're jaggedy, they've got the stinging hairs. Once you start to explain, actually, stinging hairs contain this, this and this chemically and this is why it goes into your cells and they contain serotonin. People were like, oh, didn't know it gave you a happiness. And the amount of nutrients, the bioavailable nutrients and nettles are fantastic. Is the whole nettle edible? It changes throughout the season. This is where you need to take time to learn foraging and relax into it. It's not something that's overly speedy. You know, we can't learn it all in one year. You need time. When nettle comes up in the spring, you use the first four to six leaves. And then as it starts to flower, you get microscopic calcium carbonate. And that can then, if you took lots of it, would maybe um, damage soft tissue in the body. So you leave it alone at that point. And then when it goes to seed, that's really nutritious. So it's all about timing. You can use the root either earlier in the spring or later on when the plant is starting to die down. What would you say makes foraging enjoyable and fun to do? It feels like it's always fun. I have been accused on many occasions of having quite a serious edge, um, but that's wanting to know the detail. That doesn't mean to say that it's just the only thing. Foraging is fun because you're going outside, um, you're connecting, you're learning, and you can then display that learning. You can build on it. Also, the sensory awareness that when you go outside, the other connections, other than the plants that we're talking about, the sound of the birds, the sound of the river, the feel of the wind, the smell of the air, all those things are really important. We don't always recognise them. We're just so busy. It's about slowing down, calming your mind, focusing still, because we're human, we need something for our minds to be activated onto, but it's about not thinking about the to-do list, what you have to do at home, what you have to do at work. It's focusing in on something pleasurable and enjoyable, exciting and very aware of who you are in that environment and the senses that make up you, that we don't use as often as we should. What's the most surprising plant that you have found around Bremar? The spignal got me very excited. Lemon balm. I didn't expect lemon balm to grow here. Now that's a garden cultivated and I didn't expect that the environment here would allow that to grow. How can guests staying here at the Fife find out more about foraging during their stay? They can speak to reception and they can book a foraging walk and they can also do a foraging workshop where they can do a two-hour walk and then we do an hour of either making natural cosmetics which would be a moisturiser, a lip balm and a deodorant. Or they can book on a condiments workshop, which is usually a pickle, a ferment and whatever feels seasonal. Or they can go on a wild cocktail workshop, which has been very popular. Which you can imagine why. <laughs> Natasha Lloyd, thanks very much. Thanks, Doreen. Thank you for listening to The People of the Fife. Do visit our website, thefifearms.com The music used on this podcast is called The Fife Arms Bremar and is written and performed by Scottish fiddler Paul Anderson. <laughs>